I got the chance yesterday to sit down with one of my old friends, publicist Jill Kettles, and talk about music and now everything changes and just like everything else, she ended up telling me about Lou Whitney. That's not surprising, but I'd like you to listen now to my friend Jill Kettles. I'm really glad to get to talk to Jill Kettles, my old dear friend, although clearly I've aged worse than you have. <laughs> so tell me, how are you doing? Uh, good. Just staying busy and, you know, uh, obviously staying home and trying to, you know, keep my head above water. But, no, actually everything is going well business-wise and I'm trying to actually move at the end of the month. So, oh, I, yeah, I sold my I, my house is, you know, I hopefully will be, in Nashville by beginning of May, so I'm yeah. Really? Wow. Uh-huh. Mhm. So, are you buying a new house there, or what's going on? I'll probably um, just rent for a while and okay. um, do that, and then figure it all out. But this all sort of happened like right before everything started kicking in to staying in. <laughs> <laughs> and so, let's just say that we're talking to somebody who has been in the music. Um, promotion business for many years mm-hmm. and so let's talk about that and talk about you and how you fit into that crazy mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. well I've been doing it since technically technically I've been doing it professionally since 1995 um, okay. yeah five and um, I, kind <laughs> of lo- I was loosey-goosey for about a year or so before I got into it but um, my real job came when I started working with a um, promote for a personal manager for a rock band down here called Driving and Crying. Okay. And then, um, worked with them and um, been for a couple months. Worked with another group that handled a lot of more jam band stuff like Derek Trucks, Colonel right. Hampton, The Grapes, Sean Costello, and then then finally I got introduced to Mark Pucci and I worked with him from 1996 to 2000. Ah, no, 2014. Okay. It was 18 years, and um, yeah, it's it's been fun. And I opened up my own business about over five, almost half, almost five and a half years ago. And, and what is the name of that business? It's called uh, Miss Jill PR down here okay. in the south. Down here, it's basically from down here in the south. People use a terms of endearment like. Um, <laughs> go, it's like a, it's like a Miss Jill. Here's your coffee, Miss Jill. You know, uh, right. get in line, Miss Jill. It's just a ter- term of endearment, and so um, I use that, and I've been work, rock and rolling for that, and seriously, just kind of, yeah, I've been. It's been really good, knock on wood, and it continues to be, and learning a lot, and traveling, and meeting people, and staying in touch with old friends like you. <laughs> and yeah. uh, keeping in touch with you, and yeah, it's been great. I think um, I, I wouldn't know what else to do. <laughs> and so, I guess that I would start just by saying, what does Miss Jill focus on? Uh, I focus on basically, technically, um, campaigns for albums and campaigns okay. for uh, albums and. For, art, for artist albums or a small label who has like a small run of things or uh, I used to work with Roof Records. I used to work with another one called uh, Red Poller. I used to work with um, 
couple of small labels as well as ones now I'm working with is Whistlepig and Fall, uh, Fallen Tree out of Canada. Just sort of, you know, tell me about what, what, stuff. what is that? What is okay. that about? Okay, working on campaigns. Working on campaigns is when an album comes out, it has a due date of, let's say, April 15. Let's say April 15 is on a Friday. They call uh-huh. me up and, like, they call me up in maybe January and say, are you available to work, you know, a four-month, six-month campaign to wrap around the publicity for the album, get, you know, magazines, new, newspapers, radio, TV, whatever the case may be, uh-huh. um, to get enough publicity out for the album so the artist does well with tours and, and money and sales and their own, you know, basically I'm a service, you know, agency to – uh, to 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 artists to gain more exposure on their end to get along and get you know higher up the chain, right? And, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes it can sometimes it's a four month, sometimes it's a six month, sometimes you know it's just one of those things where it depends on the level of and um, the level of people who I'm working with and and how well it goes and I just. I can, and I can kind of do just about anything with, you know, I can I connect with the social media people who are working on it or I do it. I can do website work. I can, I try to make sure everything is in working order. So when I go forward with the press and the media and other things like that, when they look at it, they go, oh, okay, so this person is worth talking about because he has X amount of followers on Facebook, X amount of right. followers on Instagram. Their Spotify sure. streaming numbers are pretty good. You know, some places call for a higher percentage and some don't, and some are just, we just want to hear the music. Okay. Nowadays, well, it's, it's just like sales. I mean, it's just a sales, you know, chart. <laughs> you know, we knew each other first when you were working for Mark Pucci and I was starting my label. And so mm-hmm. tell me how it's different than when we were starting out back in the dark ages. Well, pretty much it's not changed except for the fact that there's more involved. We didn't have social media. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have um, the streaming stuff. So basically, you know, the ideas are still the same, you know, um, and your relationships are the most important with this. And I still have some from the dark ages till now that I still talk to (laughs) you in the business. So we all bellyache about it all. And the only thing I really don't, the only thing maybe is probably maybe a little bit of language, you know, like digital download streaming, um, you know, because most of these people do go out in front of crowds and play shows, live shows and, um, and do tours. And they still do that because that's their bread uh-huh. and butter. And they, I, you know, then they sell their stuff from their, their, from the stage or merch table or whatever. So it's still the same process, it's just maybe a little more thrown into the mix. Like there's, you know, we used to just have radio, retail, and publicity, and now it's radio, publicity, social media, and, you know, that kind of, and shows. So it's just more, and I always tell people who, I always try to explain, like, if you're, I always say, uh, Social media is kind of like the old fan clubs from like country music years ago. Right. And they, it's kind of like a fan club and you get, you know, personal access to stuff or you get an autograph picture from so-and-so and, and, um, 
and now is a very key element of working the 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 monster now this is this is kind of what it is and uh, everything has to be in working order everything has to be sort of matching and 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 t- tied together in order to make something work now back in the old days it was just make a record send it out you know get you know hire publicists send it out and wait and then wait a couple of weeks to get you know people's responses and that back those days we had to call and so during the first probably 10 or so years with Mark, we were both constantly calling phone numbers, you know, like, you know, calling Nashville, calling Milwaukee, and sending right. the tour press. And, you know, I probably made 300 calls a day and five emails. Uh-huh. And then as the time changes and time goes, it became five phone calls and 300 emails. So um, it's just another way to communicate. And, you know, still you kind of want to call people up and say hello, and that's still valid, and that still helps. And uh, it does does change the conversation, but the conversation is still the same. Did you like the music? Do you think you'd like to – do you have time to review it? This is his story. This is who he is. You know, like um, like the skeletons. You know, you had um, Lou Whitney in there. He was such a oh, yeah. neat, char- <laughs> neat character, neat person. And then you had the Morels, which was basically what one person minus another plus another. Per- it was like <laughs> they they switched, they they switched people, and it was like, oh, okay, now we're the Morels. Okay, whatever. Um, and if you had a cool story, you know, um, maybe you know they they were always uh, they were always on the road. They were kind of sort of everybody's right. favorite bar band, like NRBQ uh, and the Tractors yes. and all that. So <laughs> that was always cool because you have to have a story. You have to always yeah. say, well, and that's the big thing. Your story has to be really, really good, and not di- not 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 too different, but just something that everybody can go. Oh man, gosh, that's 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 a uh, that's great, or right. that's so great you came on the other side, or gosh, uh-huh. sorry you, you know, sorry you're this and that, whatever. But nowadays it's your story, and I've had a handful of really cool stories come along. Not just you know the usual I fell down and went boom. It's just I had some guy named Angie Aparo I worked with a couple of years ago, and he had a stroke a couple of years ago, and uh-huh. he he didn't lose his motor skills, but he lost basically his memory and his you oh, know wow. how, do you, how do you make a C chord? What's a C chord? Oh yeah, and <laughs> it was all based on um a, 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 you know his it was all based his story was based on that because now he's kind of sort of fine. He kind of sort he'll have a brain fart every once in a while, and then he comes back to it. But uh-huh. um. Then, you know, you have people who have, um, you know, been older people who have come and gone and then they came back again and they're still tinkering. And then you have these, you know, the younger people who are the younger crowds and the younger groups that are trying to figure out how this all fits into their world because right. it's a different animal. And when you try to teach them the basics, they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Uh-huh. All the changes in the world, um, you know, I think this one is the you know this one has been kind of interesting where you have to learn how to you know how what are sales, what are streaming, how does this apply? Yeah, and um, it always goes back to when people say, well, how are they making money? And I said basically, if you go to the show, you know they're gonna have a they're gonna have a ticket price, and that ticket price is split up between the promoter, the booking agent, and the artist, and maybe one or two other people and then but if you buy a t-shirt a cd or a book or whatever they're selling back there on stage 
that goes all to them. So I always tell people just go to the, go buy it from them, and then get, they take the whole money. And like, oh, okay, cool. So it's it's a sales game. You know, you just have to have a really good pitch. You got to have a really good vacuum cleaner, and it's got to be better than everybody else. And you know, you just have to just come up with these these angles, you know, and ways to right. get it to shine better in front of because you have a lot to cut through now with everybody out there, but. I don't know how I really I think it's just, you know, the digital sort of taking everybody's it took everybody by surprise. We didn't know if it was gonna work or not, now it's working, now we gotta all catch up again. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and it kinda of seems like in ways it's very different, but in ways it's exactly the same. It's yeah. Still bands not making money, you know. No, right, right, right. And it all revolves around <laughs> the music and it all revolves around you know, the song, and it still does, and it has right. to resonate, just like everything else, and I don't care if you're writing pop songs, grunge songs, country songs, even, you know, Broadway songs have to stick out now. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it has to be, you know, like everything else, it all revolves around the song and, and how it is and, and people's, people's, you know, opinions and, and the, and the temperature and the gauge of everything going out there. I mean, there used to be a way we could, we used to get these things from, was it radio and records or something like that? You would have a whole list of things coming out like in the next, you know, six oh, months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't have this anymore. So now that. you're like, you don't know when the stones are going to be re- releasing a new album. You don't know unless you actually know somebody. Right. Right. And the, the CMT, no CMA magazine used to do the same thing. And, um, but it was so nice to kind of go, well, I wouldn't suggest putting the new Dave album album out or the new Skeletons album out right now because Springsteen's putting another album out, you know, at the same time. So (laughs) there used to be a way to gauge, but I don't think there really is anymore except for just word of mouth. Um, I think the same, the same process, the same idea, the same passion, you just have to have a lot of love of the music in order to work these crazy things. And it's still fun, um, you know. Um, every once in a while, you get a you get a really. I, mean, I always get a good one, but you know the ones that are the ones that are good are the ones that appreciate it. You, know, you always have the attitudes. You always have the gratefulness. You always have, you know, the, the expectations. I think are mixed bags with everybody, but I think um, I think the, the fun. It's still fun, you know. And when you go to um, when you get to know these people better on a more, you know, a deeper level, like the client and all that, you, you, you connect and you become, you realize you might have something in common and, you know, it just makes it easier, but yeah, it's always kind of sort of, you know, it's always been fun. I mean, you know, the, 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 the media side of everything, it's like, um, I guess I could compare the blogs to, newsletters and the bloggers right. to sure. the bloggers to the rags, the fan magazines that used to come out all the yeah. time. Uh-huh. And um but you know yeah, it's a lot quick it's a lot it's a lot more it's a lot more it's a lot more it's still the same fine it's still it's still the same fun. It's still the same it's still fun. It's just different. It's like you gotta uh-huh. you know, some of these you know, everybody's ex- expectations are sort of everywhere and that's always been the the deal but right so um you know i pretty much play fair you know when i'm dealing with all these people and um i try to make it hopeful and positive and let's just put our best foot forward and 
see what happens, you know. And when things get a little sour or a little sad or like, oh, that didn't work out, it's like, let's try another uh-huh. angle. Let's try yeah. this. Let's try go here. And, you know, I try, to, I try to go every angle I can or every, you know, beyond, you know, if it didn't work out on Billboard, who cares? Let's go over here and try something else. Yeah. If it uh-huh. didn't go, you know, if they didn't pick it up at Rolling Stone, let's go try it over here. And right. I try to get press and media and response that's quality. And I really try to get really, like, things that you can carry along for the next 20 years. I mean, there's some people who got New York Times stuff 10 years ago, and it was all about, you know, they, were, they talk about them. They can still use that quote 20 years from now. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. They said it about them, and it wasn't dated. And so right. I think um, I try to really do that. I mean, of course, I like to try to get a lot, but I think the more the, quali- the more quality you have, it's like, you can kind of walk away with that and go, well, I got some really, I got, you know, maybe 20, 15, 20, 25 really solid pieces. Um, a couple of, a couple of really cool, you know, interviews. And, you know, I was on TV on WGN and in Chicago, you know, for their midday right. show. That was cool. Uh-huh. You, know, you just, you just kind of want to make it worth their money and worth their time. And um, I always, I always just say, you know, keep your head up, keep positive. Let's, Let's get through this because it's going to go by really quickly. It's going to go by so fast. Yeah, and people don't understand that. (laughs) And so what are some of the favorite projects that you worked on? Oh, gosh. Well, Slufa, of course. (laughs) I still have my T-shirt. Oh, good. It has has paint on it from painting houses and painting in my room, you know, stuff like that. But um, I still wear it. Um, I had the morels for a while. I think I still have that. Um, But, you know, I've had so so many over the years with Mark and myself. I really, it's like picking children. Um, (laughs) It it really is. It's like cookie bees. What are your new favorites? What are the new things that you like? Well, right now, um, let's see here. Right now, I'm working on a handful of things. Um, getting, I'm working with um, Holger Peterson had a uh, an assistant guy with, that worked for him named Peter Chapman. Oh yeah. And he, and he um, actually branched out about a year and two two years ago, and um, made it created his own label called Fallen Tree Records, and it's a boutique and it's got some pretty cool Canadian people on there as well as a couple of UK people. We're getting ready to release Joe Nolan and hundred mile house and Logan and Logan and Nathan. And um, that's pretty cool. It's very folk, very, it's, you know, there's like, they attack all kinds of platforms, you know, uh, environmental society, um, trying to, you know, this, that, and the other, and then also love and hate and all that. And then I'm right. working with another label called Whistle Pig, which is out of Detroit. And they have people like June Star, which is um, Andrew Grimm that has a lot of, like, you'll, you'll, you'll hear a lot of Jay Farrar in his voice, like Glenn Lou okay. Reed. Um, kind of that Americana. It's, it's Americana, and we're getting ready to release a Ben Stallett and, and a June Star and a Ned Hill. A Ned Hill. I'm working with a guy out of Ireland right now named Ben Ben Real, and he came to Nashville and worked with Will Kimbrough and Tommy Womack for his new album. And then um, Eli Cook from Charlottesville, one of one of my long my, my mainstays, um, is coming back out with some new music this summer, and we're going to be working that. Started putting pieces together on that, and then been working with 
in the past. I've worked with David Olney, who died, you know, back in January, oh, yeah. uh-huh. up until his death. And I worked on a couple, three albums with him and his manager, Mary Sack. I've worked with Tim O'Brien on two albums. I've worked with people like Soul Driven Train is a funky reggae pop band. I've worked with um, <laughs> jazz people. I've worked with uh, Roof Records uh, for a couple of years before, you know, they did for a couple of years after, you know, I, I worked with him with Mark and Roof is like, you know, the, the blues label of, right. you know, of the world. And he he had some heavy hitters like World Southern Brotherhood and Devin Allman and Samantha Fitch yeah. and, and then uh-huh. Cyril Neville. Uh, I'm very involved with, um, Folk Alliance and Americana and the Blues Foundation people. And so while, you know, I'm working with a guy named Mick Hayes who recorded down at Fame and Mushroom Shoals, I've got a handful of things that are going on, and each one is different. I mean, each one has its own personality and its own direction. Um, I'm working with a girl, uh, Gina Hughes, out of Nashville with a couple of her um releases coming up with uh, Leroy Ellington, who is out of Cincinnati, and then also a girl named Robin Capsillus and Vintage 19. And I mean, it's just blues, it's roots, it's rock, it's pop, it's it's everything. But I really try to keep myself busy and diversified and work with anything I really like. And It seems like that's not been a problem. No, actually, knock on wood and, you know, cross my fingers, hairs, nose, and, you know, eyes that I'm it's it's really been nice you know we're all recommending each other so it's yeah. it's sort of all, it's all that good and if i can continue that not have to put a ad in the paper i'll be happy <laughs> but, <laughs> well um, let's keep that yeah, i know i know and i mean you <laughs> had, you've had some great times with us and also your book and which i read that one book yes southern gothic in like two days <laughs> and um, um, I haven't been able to get into the other one, but I will. Um, I, can, I can barely read the Bible. Don't tell my mom. Um, I try. But <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, it's, 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 it's each season, which is basically what I do, is each season, it's just a new right. crop of people. It's uh-huh. hard to tell what, what, it's gonna, what I'm going to love and what I like, because I like everything. I love everything. And like I said, each one has its own personality and mind of its own and, you know, things like that. Um, you know, like I've wor- I worked with a guy named Bruce Katz. I worked on an all-acoustic piano album. Um, and it's just him playing jazz and blues and stuff like that all over the piano, just acoustic piano, not like electric, acoustic. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's, a, he's up for a, a blues music award. And then also I worked with Shane Dwight out of Nashville again, and he's been – Another another client. He was an older client of me and Mark's from way back. That is more that rock and roll, country, blue, kind of like the Stapleton, kind of like you know the Blackberry Smokes, and the Little Feet uh-huh. and stuff like that. So you know my direction is pretty much anything I like and what I like. But in the writers nowadays and the media nowadays, so many cover so many other they cover all kinds of genres themselves so i kind of keep the same list going so i can kind of go well i got this coming up and it could be country and the next one down the list could be blues and they still listen to it and review it because they have the same media outlets that are as crazy as my clients that's great yeah it helps yeah it helps because you know it used to be years ago they would have five different writers at a paper and 
you know, then it dwindled down to three and then it went down to one and now they have none. So um, it, it's just the, the nature of the beast. But you know what? Those days could come back. You never know. Yeah, you never know. That's the one thing you know. You never know. You never know. And, <laughs> you know, and it's a faith-based business because you have to have faith in the business and faith in each other that it's going to work and trust each other and have um, the, a positive outlook. And, you know, and I've been peeling people up ceilings, floors, and walls all week because of all this <laughs> well, stuff. Well, tell me about that. That's ah, well, you know, it's this little virus. And um, it's... It's getting a little of attention here, and <laughs> yes. it's like the meat. It's like God, who is this group? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who are you? Go right. away. Exactly. Um, but it's still, you know, the show must go on, and you've been seeing everybody hopping on their socials and being, you know, very proactive. A lot and of live music, definitely. I know, I know, and you never. And I mean, the first one I saw was the Dropkick Murphys, which was crazy good. And, um, of course, I've been seeing others, like, you know, people in their houses and then people, you know, studios. And then, but I think my most favorites have been the ones that you hear and see, like, from Italy and Europe, and they're all playing to each other on their balconies. I think that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. That's you awesome. know? It's like, we have a new band. You like, right? Yeah. It's and like we found work. out last summer that we have a mutual friend. <laughs> Tell me about her. Judy, 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 yes. <laughs> and so now, okay. So now we're back to normal. Judy. Uh, I've known Judy since 1992. Okay. Um, she was working at Nordstrom, and um, she was working for the company Nordstrom, uh, the retailer. And I went to go work right out of college to go to work, and I was in, I was I was putting men in suits, and um, right. And and putting and 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 doing all that. I was a, I I didn't sell women's clothes or anything. I sold men's clothes. <laughs> and um, I started to work in the Tyson's Corner area, the Tyson's Corner store of Nordstrom. Oh yeah. And okay, so you know everybody. Okay, in retail you have like your best performing stores. So the first store is out in Seattle, and then there's a couple other ones around that at the time were heavy hitters and the most competitive men's. The competitive, the most competitive sales floor besides the shoes, the the women's shoes, uh, the, that the women's shoe floor in uh-huh. Seattle was was Tyson's Corner Men's Furnishings, where we sold ties, handkerchiefs, socks, suspenders, button-down shirts, whatever you want to call it. So um, I ended up I ended up not doing very well over there, and then um, the here the the guy that was. Um, running the managing, was the manager of, the floor, of that department, said, well, I said, can I go somewhere else? You know, I'll go to another store. And he said, well, let me check with my, my, my girlfriend. Well, this is his, the girl they were dating at the time. Um, uh-huh. Judy over there and see what she, we can do. So Judy was too full in her casual wear of men's and young men's. So I got sent down to women's accessories where I did scarves, gloves, belts, wallets, stuff like uh-huh. that. And then I graduated up to with Judy. But, no, I've been right. Judy for that long. And then she went off to, like, AOL and became this huge, you know, queen of marketing and digital marketing. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she's very talented and very cool. And we picked back up again, I don't know, 10 years ago, 12 years uh-huh. ago, and started just kind of reconnecting again. And um, 
yeah, Judy and I go way back. And so um, she's been my one cheerleader. She's been one of my biggest cheerleaders doing all this. And she's, oh, I can call her anytime and say, help. And then she'll say, don't worry about it. You know, this is, <laughs> this is just music. Don't worry about it. And no. we started to do some work together here and there. I'll, you know, we'll do some work together here and there on projects. She'll ask me questions. I'll ask her questions. But, no, she's my, one of my biggest cheerleaders, Judy Klein. And, um, yeah, I've known Judy for years and years and years and years. And we hadn't seen each other. You know, just totally random, but we found out that we knew each other. Yeah, yeah. And three years ago, about three years ago, yeah, just about three years ago, she came to Atlanta for a little – like three-day conference for um, a group that she was working with and we saw each other and we hadn't seen each other in like, well, gosh, since like 93 when I left, (laughs) when I left Nordstrom's to come to Atlanta. So, um, you know, we both still look the same, of course. We don't look a day over, you know, 30. (laughs) Literally. yeah, yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't, we don't look, we don't look anything. We don't like, we don't look anything like, you know, how we feel. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Judy Klein, yes, yes, yes. Ha, that's so funny. It's so funny. Well, so that is great, and thank you for spending this time. And any other last memories of Super? Well, I'm glad you're doing well after all your hiccups yes. along the way. I'm really, yes. really glad. Because, you know, that's scary stuff. And, you know, you and I follow each other for a long time. And, you know, with your kids and your practice and and this and your book writing, you know, you've got a nice little road to hoe. And I think, you know, you're you're here to stay. (laughs) We're trying anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, and I went, yeah. And I was able to be today to do this stuff. Sure. Yeah. And thank you so much, Dale. We'll talk soon. And so what is your website right now? Oh, my website is MissJill.com, MissJillPR.com, and I'm on all social media levels, TikTok and all that, but mainly, you know, it's MissJillPR.com, M-I-S-S-J-I-L-L-P-R.com, and I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, and um, I'm just going to say that, you know, with all this stuff going on with the the, the virus and us trying to get all our stuff together and figure it all out. You know, live music will come back. I know it will. It has to. And it'll come probably. It'll probably come on a different level. It won't be. Some of it might not. Will be a little scaled back, a little more intimate. But get ready because it's going to be. It's going to come back. And you know, yeah. And these these guys are hungry. When they come out of the the gate, they're (laughs) going to be hungry. And um, so don't feed them pizza, okay, guys. (laughs) All right. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Listen to the Dale Wiley Show for more interviews and more fun at dalewileyshow.com.